House of Panam International, welcome to our broadcast. Be blessed. Greetings, saints. I greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You are welcome. First of all, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you to the leadership. Thank you, Church, for giving me your ears and attention. I welcome our first-time visitors. You are most welcome in this place. So last week, we spoke about the vision at length, right? So you have a vision. We said the vision is a dream. The vision is the picture of where you're going. It is an oracle. So you have it in your mind. But what happens now? You are doing everything right, but nothing is happening. In your eyes, you see, you see it, right? But nothing is manifesting. And when you talk to other people, no one is seeing this vision, all right? Because it is a clear picture in your mind. It is there. Right, so I'm going to take you through what happens when the vision turns. When you are in the right standing and you know God has spoken, but nothing is happening. Amen. Let's go to Habakkuk 2, 2 to 3. Will you be able to show there? Is it working? Say amen if you have it. Do you have it? Okay. So I'll start from two. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. That is divine communication, the oracle, as we've um, explained. And make it plain upon tables. And that he may run that readeth it. I'm reading from the King James Version. Okay. Read the Amplified. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon the tables, tablets that everyone who passes may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. Let's go to three. Okay. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it hastens to the end fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it. Okay. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come. It will not be behind hand, nor on its appointed day. So tarry there means wait or delayed, right? So it says though it tarries, though it's delayed, though it's um, in your eyes seems like it's behind, wait earnestly for it. Because it will surely come. It will not be behind hand on its appointed day. Amen. Now, when you are waiting, you have it in your mind, and you see it, but no one else sees it. All right? So before we go to scripture, I want to share a story with you. So I have an uncle. I don't know if any of you know Soweto TV. You know it. Okay. So the founder of it was my uncle, who, may God bless his soul, he passed away in 2020, 2021, unfortunately. But then when we were growing up, he had this vision in his mind 
So in his mind, he wanted to start a community television, right? So it has never happened before, but he saw it because it's a picture, remember? This is divine communication. In your mind, he sees it. It's a dream. It's a vision. So his siblings, so he's a younger brother to my mom. So you tell his siblings, tell everybody. People say, no one has ever done this. What are you talking about? You know? So, but then he saw it. It was so clear in his mind that I have a vision. So only his mother believed in this vision of his. So as he continued, so people started to see him as, you know, this one doesn't want to work, you know? I, this one, I, this one is lazy. You're talking about this Soweto TV of yours. What is it? <laughs> it has never happened. Why do you even want a community TV? Why do you even want to do this? So they were questioning, why, what is this? Because nobody is seeing it. Only he can see it. All right. So let's go to the story of Joseph again in Genesis 37. When you have a dream, and to the eyes of the natural man, it seems impossible. It seemed impossible to everyone else around my uncle that he wanted something that was not there before. But he saw it, right? So Joseph, in Genesis 37, let's start from 3 to 11. Okay. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, as we know the story around Joseph's birth. And he made him a distinctive long tunic with sleeves. You can go to four, okay. But when his brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not say, so also underline that hated, right? Because you could have a vision, and some people can have that instinct that you have a vision that is not like others. So they hated him because they thought his father loved him. But Joseph was meant for even greater things. So that can even speak to you that sometimes people can hate what is in you. Sometimes not even about you. It's about what is inside of you. So sometimes when people just hate you for no reason, just know there's something in you that is repelling them. So continue with your vision. All right. So they hated him and could not say peace in friendly greeting to him or speak peaceably to him. Okay. In five. Now Joseph had a dream. All right. And he told it to his brothers, which was a mistake. And they hated him even more. So in, in King James says even more. They hated him. This one. Our dad loves him more than us, and now he has a dream. Okay, let's go to seven. We, brothers, were binding sheaves in the field. That's a dream now, as he's narrating it. And behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood around about my sheaf and bowed down. Like you already that dream. Like, how can your sheaf be standing and ours are bowing down to yours? Okay, so it's already uh, kind of perpetuating the hate, right? So, so this one thinks he's better. Okay, let's go to nine. But Joseph dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brothers also. He said, see here. 
I have dreamt again, and behold, this time not only eleven stars, but also the sun and the moon bowed down and did reverence to me. Wow, it's getting even bigger and bigger, this dream. And he told it to his father as well as his brethren. But his father rebuked him and said to him, What is the meaning of this dream that you have dreamt? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow down ourselves to the earth and do homage to you? So they rebuked him. They said, they said as ridiculous. How can you see me and your mother bowing down to you? So this dream looked impossible in the natural eyes. As I was narrating a story for my uncle, so his dream of a television, because it has never been there before, it looked ridiculous. Like, how can you have this dream? Right. So, but he saw it. He saw this dream in his mind. So when you have this dream, don't, because it tells, remember? So in the eyes of other people around you, you may say, ah, uh, uh, Mama Mabel, mm -mm, what are you talking about? Because you have a dream that you are seeing, right? They say, hi, Apostle, I'm going to the nations. I, what is that? <laughs> so a dream that you see, God has spoken to you. All right, you're saying, what? Um, you want to open a school? What is that? Who has done that before? You know? So whatever it is that you have, and it is bubbling in your spirit, right? And as you narrate in the natural eyes, it looks impossible. So know that you're not the only one. It is real. It happened to Joseph. It happened to my uncle. It is there. All right. So their vision will come to pass. Remember I said, although it tarries, it will come to pass. It's a matter of you now standing in the way of God. So as you have this dream and everybody else is not seeing it, as you are in your journey, you may have people turning on you along the way. Right? So here's my uncle having this journey to open the Soweto TV. Right? And some people want to join and some lose their, because the vision takes long, right? Although it tarries, although some, some people get tired, said, I, so they turn on him, right? And then even with Joseph, his brothers turned on him, right? So you may have people turning on you because of this vision. Let's go to 2 Timothy 4, 10 to 16. I read it in the King James. You can have it in your King James, please. Okay, thank you. So here at Paul, Paul has written a book. This is the second one to Timothy, right? So he's giving his instructions through his letters as most of the books that um, Apostle Paul wrote. So he's saying here, He's talking to Timothy. You also must be aware of him. Mm -mm. You're on 15. Please start on 10. Second Timothy from 10 to 16. Yes. For Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world, okay? 
So he realized that, sure, this thing of the gospel is not working for him. So he'd rather indulge in the pleasures of the world than to stick to the vision that uh, Paul had to send the message to the Gentiles. So that was a mandate. That was a vision for Paul to get us. Like we're here because of the foundation that Paul laid. Right? So he had this vision, but Demas along the way said, oh, no, I call it Valley. Mina, I'm going to the party. <laughs> I'm going to do my things of the world. Okay? Having loved the present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Christians for Galatia, Titus for Damalcia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. And Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. Bring the clock that I left with Kepas at Troas when you come, and the books, especially the parchments. Alexandra, the coppersmith, did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his work. So this is a scripture that I want to stay on. So on his journey, Apostle Paul, to materializing the vision, to seeing the vision come to pass, he had people deserting him along the way. He had people betraying him along the way. So you can see in the scripture that he's saying, he did him so much harm. So when I checked, what is this harm that Alexander did? There isn't really details that go into this harm that Alexander did. But he was so touched in his spirit that he continues in 15 to say, you also must be aware of him, for he has greatly resisted our, our words. All right. So as you have this vision as you are on a journey, you will have people not understanding and leaving you along the path, but it doesn't mean you must go back. You will have people betraying you, but it doesn't mean you must stay in anger. Right? And know that their part in your journey has ended there. That means Alexander's uh, part in Apostles Paul's ended there. Although he did harm him, because it says, be careful of him. But he's leaving it to God to deal with him. Because he says in 16, at my first defense, okay, there's a, okay, but when he says, may God, it's another vision, I think. Is it 15? Where he says, may God, okay, go back. Yeah, foot, yeah this way, go to 14. Yes, it says, may the Lord repay him according to his works. So he doesn't want to revenge himself, right? So he's putting it to God to say, Father, deal with it. May God, because God sees in secret, he knows our hearts and he knows our intentions. So as you go on your journey, let the vengeance be of God, all right? Don't repay evil. So Proverbs 20, verse 22, it says, let it be God who repays evil. It is him who avenges for us, okay? So as you go on your journey, don't be distracted by what other people are doing. You know it in your mind. You know what is it that you are called for. Don't let the distractions of people, because people are human beings, right? And they have their own thoughts, and they have their own things in their own minds. So don't let that distract you. So as you are on this journey in 16 or 17, he says, Go to 17. 
Okay. No, it says it's alone. Go to 16. Start at 16. Okay. In my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. So you can see here, Apostle Paul was feeling so all alone. So I felt that everybody has deserted him. I was saying, Demas has gone back to the world. Alexander has done me wrong. Be aware of him. Uh, only Luke is with me here. And everybody, Mark has gone. He sent other disciples to wherever they needed to go. So he's feeling he was alone, right? But also God strengthened him. So as you pursue this vision, there'll be a time when you are alone. You feel so alone that the world has turned its back against you. But you must know that the, the, the vision shall come to pass. It is tiring. It is a process for you. And also to separate uh, uh, um, wheat from the chaff. To separate who is for you and who is not for you. And this is not personal. You must know that at the end, there is a reason why you have this vision and why it is with you. And why you are only seeing it and nobody else is seeing it. Why Joseph would see the sun and the moon bowing down to him. Why the other shoes would bow down to him. There's a reason why it came to him and him alone. There's a reason why Apostle Paul, because remember he was the one persecuting the church, but now he's the one for the Gentiles. Right? So now in this journey, it's not easy. People are turning their backs on him. People are um, betraying him, like Alexander the coppersmith. So he's thinking all sorts of things. And in this time, he's in prison. He's in chains for the gospel. Right? So there will be that time when you feel alone. And then as you are in this journey, all hell breaks loose. Excuse the pun. All right? So... Now, Joseph, because he has dreamed, and he dreamt yet again the second time. So these brothers, because they hated him, right, so much more as they were seeing it. So now they said, we're going to have this one. In fact, they wanted to kill him. But then his brother Reuben said, no, actually, let's sell him out to the Philistines. So they sold him out. So he finds himself, because he had a dream now, he's finding himself in a pit, alone. After a pit, he's sold out as a slave. He goes to Potiphar's house, and when he's there, he is charged with something he didn't do. So from the pit, he goes where? Into the prison. From the prison now, also he inter interprets this dream to two people that didn't come back and do him good as they promised. The, the, the butler didn't come back to say, by the way, there is a man that prophesied my dream. You forget about him for two years. So as you are in this journey of a vision, everything breaking loose, just know that although it tarries, it shall surely come to pass. See, everything was going wrong. I must say, with my uncle, with his um, TV station, although it became a success at the end, it wasn't easy. People left him. I know his siblings. So eventually, my mom was the one that could say, okay, let me see what is this about this Soweto TV. Why? So they tried to formulate an executive. And the very same people that he started with, they turned against my uncle. In fact, when the Soweto TV was now running, they actually wanted to take it away from him. Although some people didn't see it, now they want to take it away from him. You see that you go through all these things, and it, the resources, because he used everything that he had, he even had to use our home. But those resources, the guys wanted to take it away from him. So as he's seeing, he is seeing, he really wants to see the Soweto TV, but everything is going against him, right? So at that point, it's easy to give up, right? And say, yo, Lord, everybody is turning away or turning against me. Everybody is doing this and this. It is easy at that time to give up. 
right? But as you stay on, on the vision, knowing it, that, okay, these things are happening, but God has promised, right? Because you just didn't take it from nowhere. God has promised a dream you saw. It is a divine communication. When you see the, the definition of a vision, it's a divine communication. It is an oracle. So it is upon your life. So don't be distracted by these things. All right. So um, I want to show you also what happened to Paul. So Paul was accused of all sorts of things. Just like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had to challenge a whole lot of orthodox that was there. Orthodox is the things that people are used to. It's a, the norm. We, we normally come to church this way. We do things this way. Um, when we do at a call, we close our... So there's a lot of doctrines that were so ingrained in the people of that time. So just to challenge those things. Every time to be, yo, he's healing on Sabbath. Oh, he's doing this, you know? So that's so much so offended that they actually wanted him crucified. So Paul was continuing on that. So he was challenging, changing the church at that time to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord, right? To introduce the kingdom of God. So in Acts 19, if you can go there, I've shared this story before about um, Demetrius, even if you don't read all of it. So here in Ephesus, Ephesus, so Timothy was given a mandate of Ephesus because that's where the most of the doctrines, there was false doctrines, first of all, they were teaching falsehood to the people, and the people now taking advantage. But in Ephesus also, there was a struggle of this goddess Diana that they were worshipping. So because of that, they would, they would create from, from the copper and the, the, the metals, they create this goddess Diana. So Demetrius made a lot of money because of that, because they didn't see any other god. And Paul was challenging that, say there is a living God, there is Jesus Christ who was crucified and resurrected for you. In fact, when we spoke, Paul, he would say, this Jesus Christ that you crucified, he is the one that was resurrected. So in Acts, so this is one of the challenges that you go through as you are speaking this truth, as you are seeing this vision. So this Demetrius saw that, okay, now his business was not going well, right? Because now people are not buying the, the metals or the silver things to create this goddess that they were worshipping. And then he made a, a, a campaign, right? We had a national shutdown the other day for for ESCOM and all that, right? So there was a Julius Malema there saying, hey, brothers, hey, our business is going out. Let's do something about this poor, right? So they congregated to say, this poor must be put to, to task, right? So they wanted to execute him or do him away. In fact, in Alexander, in this scripture, that's where we see the first mention of Alexander, which we're not really sure if that was one of the things that he did to him that betrayed Paul. Are you still with me, Basala? Yes. Okay. All right. So here, this uh, man, um, Demetrius, he's putting people together to speak against Paul, right, to execute him because he's feeling he's losing business. For him, it's about business. For him, it's about worshiping this goddess. So I think he didn't even care about this goddess. For him, it's just, just about money. All right. So as you journey along, there will be that opposition. Also, for selfish reasons, all right? For it was for his own selfish purpose that he wanted this money coming through to him. Okay, so in, we can just go to X19 from, we can start it. Let's see, let's see.
I don't want us to read all of it. Maybe we can start from 25. Yeah. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, Men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. So do you see, for him it was about money. So I don't think it was even, because others, yes, maybe, because they didn't know better, they were worshipping this goddess Diana, but for him it was about a trade. Okay, 26. Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people saying that they are not gods, which are made with hands. Right? Because our God is not made with hands. He is a living God. 27. So not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. My goodness. All Asia and the world worship this goddess. So are we not grateful, though, for the revelation of who Jesus Christ is? Amen. That we've been set free. Otherwise, if we didn't know, we'd be worshipping some goddess Diana. We thank God for Paul. He stood to the vision. He stuck with it. That he's going to get the message across to all. He said his mission was to get the message across all Gentiles. Amen. And today we know that there are no Jews, no Gentiles to them who serve the Lord. So, now when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesus. We'll finish at 13. Eh? So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, oh, this name, Aristarchus, Macedonians, Paul's travel companions. And then 30, and when Paul wanted to go in the people, the disciples would not allow him because they would have stoned him. They would have done anything to him at that time. So as you are still looking into this vision that you are seeing and nobody else is seeing, everybody else is turning out against you and everything is going haywire. You must keep the dream in your mind alive and what God has spoken to you. You must not lose that. Don't let the things that are happening around you deter you. All right. And now, when I started, we went to Habakkuk. Let's just go there again. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. Right? So we've gone through all these things that people have. First of all, they're not seeing it. They see it as impossible, that what you are dreaming is not, is not real. Like, how can you even think of this? Right? It's not possible. Right? But at the end, it will speak. People have deserted you. You feel alone. Everything has gone wrong. At some point, maybe you are broke, right? Because you have used your resources to get this vision going. But now, you find yourself alone. People have left you. 
it will not lie, this vision. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. With this in mind, let's go to 2 Timothy 1-9. So why are you having this vision? Okay, so Second Timothy, one to nine. Second Timothy chapter one, verse nine. Sorry. Okay, so it says here, "Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works." but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So this creature is saying, this purpose that you have is not for you, right? It is not for you, because it says, but according to his own purpose and grace. So Paul's vision was not for him. It was for him to send the message to the Gentiles. Joseph, him having those dreams was not for him. At the end, what did he do? There was a great famine and was able to provide even for his family. Do you see that vision is not for you? It's for the bigger picture. So with my uncle, so with the TV, it was not just for him. It was who? For the community. So he went on to create other community TVs. So because of that, there was employment created. Right? So he created employment. So the vision is not just for you. It is for the bigger purpose. It is according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So he said to Jeremiah, you are a prophet. Before you were in your mother's womb, I declared you a prophet. So already when you were in your mother's womb, already God had that dream for you. Already God had that vision for you, that you're going to set the captives free. So whatever that vision you're carrying, don't give up because it is not just for you. So when you see it through, it's going to set other people free. So let's say you have a burden for women, right? Or you've gone through your own challenges. So when you break through, when you've gone through that challenges and you do not draw back, right? You're going to set other people that you are called for free. And you're called for those people. So Paul was called for the Gentiles. Peter was called for the Jews, right? Michael was called for the Soweto Community TV. You are called for something. What you are called for? Because when you give up, that means you're not going to set those people free. So when you give up along the way, those people will stand bound there. So you have a mandate. So that purpose, it was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So time and season, we spoke about it last time, right? The Kronos and the Kairos, the times of God. So you are in this season, in this generation, for that particular vision that you have. Are you going to give up? Are you going to be lazy and say, I, Lord, man, I'd rather watch TV. I don't want to be doing that. Because it's not easy. This vision is not easy. It's going to take something from you. It, to it took Paul being in prison. He was chained because he was challenging the orthodox. He was challenging things. And they would take him to prison. He said, I'm ready to give up my life for this. He was ready. Because he, see, he saw that he needed to get and lay this foundation for us. Joseph, 
right? So if he didn't go through that, he would not have been able to set those, uh, or the, the famine. He was not able to provide. Seven years of famine, you can imagine how long that is. So there was provision because of that, right? So that vision is relying on you to take your part, right, in this season to say, Lord, that you have before me, before the world began, I'm willing and ready to go through whatever the sacrifice of going to the prison, if you have to go to, of sacrificing what you need to sacrifice to see the vision going. It's not going to be easy. You won't be able to do it when you want to also, you choose. If you want to just sit and relax, comfort zone, comfort zone doesn't bring anything. If you want to be comfortable, you're not going to get the fruits of what you want. All right. So, the scripture I want to leave you with you is Hebrews 10, 32 to 39. Okay, so it's um, Hebrews 10, 32 to 39, yes. But call the former days in which, after you were illuminated, this illumination is when the vision is now clear in your mind, right? After you have been illuminated, you know exactly what is the mandate that is on your life. What is it that you are required to do, right? You endured a great struggle with sufferings which is what I shared with you, what Joseph went through, what everybody with a vision and a dream go through, because you do get those challenges. Okay, 33. Partly while you were made respectable both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. Do you see that this journey is not easy? but you know, you've been illuminated, you know the end. You know that though it's how it shall come to pass. All right. Okay, 35. Mm, sorry, skip 34. Ne? Go to 34, sorry. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enjoying possession for yourselves in heaven. 35, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. So because your confidence may be low because of the struggles, because, and now you can also start doubting, but God, did you really say I must do this? Did you really say I must send the message to the agent? Why am I getting so much persecution? Why am I, why am I in jail? Why all these things? Why all the challenges? Why am I sent to the pits? Why am I in prison? Why are all these things? My uncle, people deserted him. At some point, he was unemployed because they wanted to take him out. Why are all these things happening? Right? We're seeing in, in, in the house of God, people are doing this. We see people come, they go. Right? But there's a vision. Right? So there's a reason why they need to go. But the vision must come to pass. Okay. So go back to 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which is great reward. So there is a reward in the end. Do not cast down your confidence. Do not say, but Lord, are you there? Yes, you are going to ask God, are you there? Because it's natural, it's human being. But God is there. All right. In 36, 
for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So remember, we said this is the purpose of God before the foundations of the world. Right? This is for the bigger picture. Right? And then there is endurance. Go back to 36. So you have need of endurance. So you need to have that endurance. Endurance is patience. All right? So you have that endurance to say, Lord, although it tarries, I have the endurance. So you stick to it. Okay? Go back to 36. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. The promise is when now, we said, when the vision comes to pass. Okay, 37. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and not tarry. Okay, so when the right time, Jesus Christ steps in, and it will not tarry. All right, so that's when it's come. Also, this, going through these trials, also, it, it, it produces perseverance endurance, the patience also, to be able, because when you know it's clear in your mind, you're not going to give up, and you know who you are sent for, right, you have that endurance, you have that perseverance, right, so there is the reason, that's why you had to go through what you went through, all right, so, going to 38, now, the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him, so I want to stay in the scripture, so he says, the just shall live by faith. So that is what will keep you to get to the end. Faith. Faith in what God has spoken. Faith in that God is faithful. He who promised is faithful. That he will see you to it. Right? You're not going to die in this. And we are not the ones that drop back to perdition. That means when the tough gets going, you don't go back. Right? The tough gets going. Right? When the tough gets going, the tough gets going. You go tougher and tougher. On the situation. So we are saying here, the just shall live by faith. All right. So it is a faith that will keep you there, knowing who God is. So it keeps you, it means also staying in the word of God and knowing what God is saying and the word of God. All right. So the the the, the faith there is the one that will stick you out up until the end. Let's go to 39. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Because we know at the end there is saving of the soul for this vision that you have that is not just for you. So keep in mind that the vision is not just for you. It's for the bigger picture. So keep the faith so that the people that you are called for, and by the way, the people that you are called for will hear your voice when the time is right. When those that don't hear you, then means they are not for you. You are not called for them. So it will come to pass. So stick to the faith. Don't go back to say, I'm going back to Egypt. Right? There's a scripture somewhere, I think, in, in Isaiah that says, don't go back to Egypt. So the, the children of Israel, they left Egypt, but in their hearts, they were still in Egypt. So don't be the one that goes back to the slavery or whatever it is. Know that you've been saved, you've been set apart for this vision. Right? And don't go back to where you come from. Do not go back to Egypt. 